welcome back to the Polaris Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. For all you keen listeners out there, you may have noticed the voice on the microphone has changed. You are indeed correct. My name is Bob Pashan, and I will be taking the reins from Joe as your new host. Fans of Joe, fear not, as we may still be hearing from him from time to time. Although your host has changed, some things on the podcast have not. For one, even though I've been with Polaris for a little over three years now, I'm still no expert. But thankfully for you listeners, our guests will continue to be experts in their fields, bringing us the best information from around Polaris. Just like our guest and expert today, Randy Nelson. Randy is a senior technical trainer here at Polaris who will be discussing the impacts of dirt and water ingestion to our off-road vehicles, as well as some tips that can be used to keep our engines and PVT systems clean so we can have the best experiences out on the trails. With that being said, let's dive into our conversation with Randy. All right. Hi, Randy. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. First time guest, so appreciate you joining us here. For all those listeners out there, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your role at Polaris, and uh, how long you've been at the company. Sounds good. Thanks, Bob. Yeah, um, I've been with Polaris uh, 11 years this November, and I'm actually one of the technical trainers for off-road. One and, the, one and only, I guess I could say, but I work in the training department right now. I've been in this department for seven years, been in the industry for 24 years, so I've kind of done a little bit of everything from from wrenching on vehicles to uh, selling vehicles to parts to sales, anything and everything in between. So, Very cool. So it sounds like you have a lot of experience. What would you say is your favorite Polaris off-road vehicle to ride right now? Um, I actually really enjoy the Polaris General XP, to be honest with you. I okay. like the uh, wider width and then the fold, the half doors, um, just very well protected. Put a windshield on there, a roof, and rear glass, and it's just the perfect vehicle. Awesome. So definitely sounds like you have plenty of experience with the vehicles, with all the background. Getting into today's topic of dirt and water ingestion on our off-road vehicles, kind of in a nutshell, what are we talking about, you know, high level for our listeners out there? And what's this mean as a rider? Well, dirt and water, Justin, at its uh, basic core is we're getting water or dirt either in the engine itself or actually in the PVT or the clutching system of the vehicle. That is at its basic core. Perfect. So you mentioned two systems there, the engine and PVT. Let's take a look at the engine here first. You know, how can driving through extreme water, dust, you know, mud, how does that A, get into those systems to damage them, and what can they do to the engines on our vehicles? Yeah, so let's kind of start off just with general driving. So obviously general driving, we are going to kick up any type of dust. Um, so any type of dust that's in the air has to be filtered out through the air filtration system. There is a primary filter on majority of our vehicles on the side of the vehicle. Um, sometimes they're re- referred to as a frog skin. Those are kind of like the first defense, not letting the large particles in. Once that goes in there, it gets filtered out by the engine's air filter itself. So the air is getting fresh, uncontaminated air. Now, where water gets into the engine itself can come in from different areas, but majority of the time it comes through the same air passageway as the air comes in to get filtered. So if a customer's driving through a puddle, water too deep, it'll actually get into there and saturate that air filter and into the engine. 
and realistically it destroys the engine. So, I mean, if we have a filter that's not filtering properly, incorrectly installed, you're allowing that dirt to enter the engine and it's like sandpaper to the engine. Right, so it can be pretty catastrophic at the end. Um, what what are some telltale signs that you know your vehicle is taking in too much dirt or, or some water? Well, long long term effects. Well, let's just start with water first. So, I mean, if we do go through a water crossing above the recommended water crossing um, depth, and we get water in the air filter, it's very similar to trying to breathe through a wet towel. So the engine is trying to breathe through a wet filter and it's not able to draw on enough air into the engine and we're going to notice that the engine's not performing doesn't take throttle very well um, if it starts to ingest dirt what we're going to notice is puffs of smoke black smoke um, fuel smell on the long term edge or long term um, engine damage um, so as that water gets in there the biggest telltale sign is just simply going to be that the engine's choking out so it can't breathe um, dirt ingestion is going to get in there, and that's going to start creating wear on all the internal engine components, bearing surfaces, cylinder walls, um, rings, cylinders, anything and everything in there. And then it just starts eating away while when we start entering that dirt into the engine and our margins or our gaps or our tolerances, whatever you want to call them, they're going to increase. Now that oil is not able to be controlled and stay in the crankcase with what will actually eventually happen is it comes up into the combustion chamber and gets burned and the customer is going to see black smoke or in worst case scenario sometimes maybe white smoke from the blown head gasket it really depends on how the failure happens each one's a little different but nonetheless it's lack of performance across the board gotcha so definitely nothing good comes out of it now going back to you um, we're talking about water and the minimum level or the maximum levels of water we can go through how deep of water can our customers expect to go through with um, the Polaris off-road vehicles? As a rule of thumb, in the in the owner's manual, they all tell you on our ATVs it's going to be the floorboards, so nothing really higher than the floorboards. So if it hits your boots, that's as far as you want to go, the soles of your boots. Um, on our side-by-side -side vehicles, we like to say the floor of the, of the vehicle. And one thing to keep keep in mind on both vehicles, we give you a water crossing, you know, maximum limit. There are some people, customers out there that will actually drive down the trail and hit these water puddles at very high rates of speed, which is one, extremely dangerous, um, but also you're forcing water onto the vehicle on electrical connections that may not be designed to stop water at that high pressure. So, I mean, our wa connections are waterproof, but if you put forced water to it, there is going to be some entrance into that connection. Now, we talked about just riding. Can this water enter in from my vehicle sitting in the driveway, getting rained on? You know, when I clean my, my vehicle after using, you know, a garden hose or, or pressure washer, are there some tips to keep it away from there? Can it happen that way, or is it mainly just from driving real fast through water, going too deep? On the engine side of things, not too often you'll see water entering the engine just from normal sitting outside in the rain. Um, where we typically see that issue is when customers want to wash the vehicle or pressure wash it, they'll put a lot of water on the side of the vehicle where the, the frog skin or the pre-filter is located on the vehicle. 
and that can potentially fill up part of that intake system with some water so when they start it up the vehicle up the engine acts as a big pump and draws that water in and it actually makes it about as far as the air filter in most cases um depends how much is in there and that potentially can cause in engine damage and that that holds true obviously with the pvt or the clutching system too so sure keeping on the topic of water uh, we all know of the high lifter models you know for sportsman and razor and ranger that polaris offers um, yeah. are the capability of those different than the standard ones when it comes to you know the level of water that those vehicles can go through no not really um usually we like to say the same depth um floorboard crossing on the high lifters or the floor on the the rangers themselves or the razors um, those vehicles are purpose-built with a little lot more watertight connections on those vehicles. So even if we move the, the intakes up higher, there, also, there could be potential spots that can draw in water if proper maintenance is not maintained. So connections, tubes, um, clamps. Good to know. Now, you kind of alluded to maintenance on, on those vehicles. What are some pre-ride maybe inspections we should be doing or um you know if we do suspect that our vehicle gets some water in on the trail that that we can kind of go to right away yeah so the, let's talk the engine side a little bit here bob so the, the biggest indication you know we talked about kind of like performance-based issues um if you actually pull the air box lid off or get down and access the air filter a, a telltale sign that that filter actually has been exposed to water is the pleats in the filter will actually kind of have a wave to them. They'll have kind of like a like a like a slippery road sign look to them, and that's going to be an indication they have been saturated with water. Um, Pre-ride, if you ride in areas where there's a lot of dusty conditions, I've always recommend my buddies, my friends, coworkers, bring an extra filter with you, throw it in the truck and you have it available. Some trails are worse than others. If you're the guy that leads out front, you don't see a lot of dust that you're ingesting into the motor or that filter has to filter through. But if you're the guy at the back of the riding pack, you're taking in all that dust, so that air filter is gonna be working very overtime to actually filter out that dust and sand, so. Good to know, good to know. Now, say I am that rider in the back, I have a razor, you know, we offer as a player accessory particulate separators. Kind of, kind of give us a, a quick explanation. What what is a particulate separator, and how does it work? What does it do? When should I equip my vehicle with one of those? It, it's an increase in filtration is really what it is, and it's exactly what it kind of defines it. It's particular filters, so it just particularly filters out the fine newt materials and the dust and the sand. Um, for your average trail rider here in Minnesota, Wisconsin, you'll likely never have to use a particulate filter. Our filters are perfect the way they are. For the guys that are riding out west and the dunes out in Glamis, that's when you want to look at maybe getting a better filtration system. But I would always highly recommend staying with the OEM equipment or what the OEM offers as an accessory. So. When you start looking out and getting into other brands and different manufacturers of air filtration system for your engines, it's not tested by Polaris with our engineering team. So you never know what you're going to get. Um, a lot of people will say, well, this filter provides better flow. Well, it provides better flow, but something has to give, right? right. So better flow may equal less filtration, right? So 
we test all our filters with our engines so we know how they operate and how they filter. So I always recommend OEM um, products for our stuff, for sure. Very good to know. Any last comments about how we can keep our engines clean from the dirt? Just regular, big thing is regular maintenance. I mean, air filters is a maintenance item. It's a consumable. It's, I always tell my dealer technicians when I'm teaching them in classes and stuff like that, Filters are cheap, man. Engines are expensive, so it's always better to change that filter out or take the time to clean that pre-filter. Um, another good tip that I usually do myself is a lot of our vehicles in our service manual actually have you put a thin coat of grease on the lip seal on the air filters. And it, it depends on vehicle, and you look in the owner's manual, it'll tell you that. And that just adds a little extra barrier or seal, so if there is any dust that gets to that point in the air box, that grease will actually attach that or attract that dust and hold it in place. But make sure you reference your owner's manual for which vehicles do that. The other thing is making sure you're changing your oil regular, right? So anything that comes into the engine air-wise has to pass through that air filter. And if a little dust or particles pass through, that's going to get in the engine oil. And again, that's, that acts as an abrasive or sandpaper and it starts breaking down the engine oil and scuffing up bearing surfaces and the life of your engine is going to be reduced. So regular oil changes are cheap, air filters are cheap. It just makes that engine last a lot longer. Absolutely. All good points. So now that we got the engine taken care of, moving on to our vehicle's PVT system, yeah. kind of went through what, what can happen to our engines if we suck in too much dirt or water. You know, what happens with our PVTs if the same thing occurs? Well, so the PVT system is a little bit different than the engine system. Um, with the PVT, we still actually have a pre-filter on the side of the vehicle, be it a frog skin or a foam filter. Um, the, the difference is we're not really filtering out those particles. So we're, we have a lot of fl airflow that comes into that clutching and a lot of airflow that leaves that clutching. The, one, to keep the belt cool, and two, to keep the belt sheaths cool. So we want to to any type of maintenance there, you're gonna wanna follow the service manual on the maintenance on the PVT system. Um, I can guarantee anybody that listens to this podcast, if they've ever had their PVT cover off and they've had some compressed air or they put their hand inside the PVT system doing maintenance, after 100 miles, you're gonna see some dust residue in there. And that doesn't mean necessarily that's a bad thing it's it's you're going to get some dust in there so there's not a replaceable filter like an air filter on an engine for the pvt system um, where the issue comes into is water ingestion so just like the engine water can cause some severe damage to the pvt system in a couple of forms one being water is going to cause corrosion and rust on the metal parts inside the, the drive clutch mostly we're going to have shift weights that aren't going to move on the pivot pin. Um, you're going to see rust in there. Sometimes the clutches will either stick open or stick closed. Just really depends how long that vehicle sits. And we do see those issues even in high humidity environments such as, you know, Florida and down south. We'll see some surface corrosion. That's not a big deal. But if you have a customer that goes through a water hole and ingests a lot of water into that PVT system, what's going to happen is that belt's going to slip on the drive and drift clutch and we're going to wear those clutch faces a lot quicker and i know you you spoke with amory cool i think a couple episodes ago and he kind of described kind of what what happens 
in those situations and he's the guy to talk to for sure um but if we get water ingestion the biggest thing is to identify that you have water ingestion in the pvt and it's going to be very if you give it throttle and it's slipping or skipping um that's a really good indication that you have water in the pvt system so the best thing to do is shut the vehicle off in your toolkit, um, you got a screwdriver, or if you have a quarter in your pocket, there's a red drain plug on the PVT cover. You can loosen that up, drain the, the water out of the system, and go back, start the vehicle back up, and bring the engine up to about 4,000, 5,000 RPMs. That's going to move a lot of air through the system, and that water will actually just basically evaporate off the clutches and clean them off. Once you get done with your ride, it's always a good recommended thing to actually bring it in for service, have it inspected, and make sure there isn't any other damage. In very rare rare cases, I have seen where clutches have gotten really hot, and then we enter that cold water into the system, and we get a thermal shock, which could crack the clutches. Um, doesn't happen often, but, it, I mean, it does happen. Okay, so definitely some some things to be concerned about if, if we do get too much water in there. Yeah, biggest thing, you if you follow the guidelines, you're never going to get water in there. Usually water in the PVT system is usually an operator mistake, either by washing it and putting too much pressured water on the side of the screen, or they went through a water hole and, you know, tipped over and didn't realize it was deeper than it was. Sure. <laughs> kind of thing, so, but... So any regular maintenance tips um, regarding the PVT system? You know, if we're just a normal rider, not going through any big mud holes, you know, obviously we should all be keeping an eye on our owner's manual and not going over the floorboards. But, yeah, any any tips yeah. just to keep that, that system in, in tip-top shape? You know, as a rule of thumb, I mean, we, we always tell customers to follow the service manual, but I think it really defines um, – you know what the usage is so, i mean if you're a guy that rides out west in the in the desert all the time you're probably going to be maintaining those clutches a lot more because you're going to take a lot more abuse with that high speed high load on the clutches causing a lot of heat and a lot of wear to components in the belt the guy that rides in the midwest like us we're in the mud a little more we're on normal trails as a rule of thumb I, Personally, from my own experience over the years I've been doing this, I'm always the guy that will always maintain my clutches at least once a season. And, and I'm probably a little more aggressive. I always like to clean my clutches, inspect them, look for wear, and then get it back in service for sure. Um, but if you're the guy that just goes, you know, maybe three, four, five trips a year, you could probably easily go the maintenance, follow the maintenance schedule in your owner's manual. There's no reason not to. Perfect. I think that's a great recommendation. And, you know, as you alluded to before, if you're really having issues, there's always our, our Polaris authorized dealers to, to help you out. Yep, definitely, definitely. The, the one thing I would always recommend, you mean if customers even riding through dirt and water too, is, um, I know we're not talking about it here, but the brakes, you know, the braking system too. So with brakes, obviously, when you get out of water, it's always a good thing to apply those brakes kind of lightly several times just to make sure you squeeze any of that water between the brake rotor and the brake pad. Um, that helps dry out the pads for sure. So Absolutely. Definitely don't want to lose our brakes out on the trail. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, great, Randy. I think this is a great conversation. You had a lot of useful useful tips and insight for us. Um, is there anything else that you'd, you'd like to add at the end here? 
No, I think that I think I got the main points covered here. I think the big thing is, you know, at a bare minimum, obviously follow your owner's manual and your service requirements. Um, if you're that guy and you, you know who you are, that's a little more extreme out there and you're using your vehicle a lot more frequently than maybe four or five times a season on trips, you're the guy that needs to do more of the maintenance as generally. So, um, like I always tell my customers, you know, services are cheap to clean the clutches, oil's cheap, and belts are expensive. So the more time you spend maintaining a few things, taking the extra time and care to clean, clean stuff, replace air filters, change oil, it's gonna, it's gonna be cheaper in the long run for sure. Absolutely, all good information. Well, Randy, thanks again for your time. We really appreciate you being yeah. on here, and you have a great day. Thank you, Randy, and thanks to all of you out there for downloading, listening, and subscribing. We'd like to extend a special welcome to any first-time listeners out there. If you're new, make sure to browse our archives for more tips on off-road vehicle ownership. Check the description of this episode for some helpful links, including those to the Polaris Help Center and Polaris YouTube channel. Also look for the Contact Us link. If you have a question or idea for a future episode, we'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned for future episodes, and until next time, this has been the Players Podcast. Hey everyone, that is Clover, and she would like to remind everyone that the Players Podcast is brought to you by the Players Help Center. That's right, Clover. The Help Center is your first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. Just look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Players brand website. Hey! I'll tell them if you'll settle down and give me a chance. Anyway, Clover says to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow your owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. Ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Satisfied, Clover? Clover?